Richie. Hi, Sen. Hi, everyone. And welcome to episode 225 of the Snack Covenant. Hey, Richie. Yes. Do you hear something? Ooh. Oh, who, who's this? Ooh. Is this a ghost? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> is this a hollow ghost? Ooh. Or is this a hollow knight? Or a hornet buzzing around. Oh, that's even thank better. You, okay, you. okay, okay, let's do this again. I'll say, is it a ghost? And you say... So we have a very special guest with us today. Oh my god. Say hello, special guest. Hi, special guest. That's me. <laughs> Welcome back, Dahlia! Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming back. Richie and I recently got into Hollow Knight lore, and we had a lot of questions about Hornet. <laughs> well, you've got the right gal for the job. She's my fave. Yay. So, Dahlia, let me ask you, who is Hornet? Well, I'm going to start out with reading from the Hollow Knight Wanderer's Journal, which is a cool little in-universe lore book. Hornet. A red-cloaked bug with an imposing aura and speed and skill to match. She wields her needle and thread in battle with grace and finesse. These tools also allow her to expertly navigate Hollow Nest's terrain. I was sure she noticed me, but she seemed not to care. I suppose I'm not the one she's after right about now. Hornet is this feisty sort of enigmatic character, at least in the beginning, who you kind of spot in the earlier parts of the game. And you're not really sure if she's friend or foe. And she's got this striking red cloak and a lovely long weapon that is quite elegant, in my opinion, if I do say so myself. Can you tell us a little about her weapon? Yes, she uses a very specific nail that is quite long. It's longer than our character's nail, at least in appearance. And it has a neat little trick of being attached to a line of silk thread, which allows her to sort of throw it around like it's kind of like, you know, a weaponized yo-yo, but with less spinning. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Richie and I know all about weaponized yo-yos because... One of the characters in Reborn actually wields a yo-yo as a weapon. As soon as you said that, I like I don't even remember that being in Reborn, but I know it will be. I know you're gonna, <laughs> this is gonna turn into a Reborn discussion. I don't remember who had the yo-yo in Reborn. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. <laughs> so Sin has asked me to explain the yo-yo using character from the anime Reborn. I don't remember there being a yo-yo using character in the anime Reborn, but having watched Reborn with Sin, that doesn't remotely surprise me because the series is characterized by a constant revolving door of characters who keep showing up and doing like one thing and then leaving. I have no idea who is important, um, how any of this is, is going to play out. Like, there was a there was a kid who showed up, and his power was that he he could rank things really well, like a, like a YouTube top 10 channel. That was his power. But his power didn't work if it was raining, because the rain, I think it made him fall asleep. And that's a really specific, specific power set, and you'd think, well... It's clearly going to be important later on, and it's not. He just leaves. Um, so the the yo-yo was used by a character called Chikusa Kakamoto. I don't remember him being in it at all. I'm looking at his entry on the Reborn wiki right now. I don't remember this character existing. Um, according to trivia, though, he dislikes crab because it's hard to eat. It also says on the Reborn wiki that 
Chigusa doesn't care about anyone other than his friends in the Kokuyo gang. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, to the point where he will not hesitate to kill bystanders simply because they are a nuisance. So that's a character from Reborn, a show that is about a talking baby who wears a small fedora. Thank you. And Dahlia, could you tell us some lore on what Hornet is wearing? Well, she is wearing a particular mask because most of the bugs, well, I'm not entirely sure if it's a mask or not, but given her lineage, it is likely one. And she has a very long sort of two-pointed head or mask, one of the two. And she wears a striking red cloak, which is only really worn by one other um, character in Hollow Knight, but she's not really related to them. But it is worth noting that she has a unique appearance that is vaguely similar to your characters, but it's quite different. She's definitely quite taller in comparison. <laughs> than her short little cute bug. Yes. Aww. Could you tell us a bit about the mysterious circumstances under which we encounter Hornet? We encountered her very early on. We're not really sure why. And at the very beginning of an area, which is like probably the second area you find called um, Green Path, we start seeing her darting around with the vague implication of we should follow her because she's usually always sitting in front of an area that transitions to another one. Mm-hmm. Once we find her, she doesn't particularly have any kind words, you know, I believe. She calls us some sort of shade or something like that. Sort of calls to question what our journey is, you know. Mm -hmm. So our first real dialogue with her turns out to be a boss fight, which is lovely. You know, get to know your friends by uh, just beating the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah. Just like we do it back in the union. (laughs) (laughs) I have that fight on in the background now. Oh, yes. I, I will actually play Hollow Knight <laughs> later today. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cute, though. Like, it's cool. And she goes, Shaw! Yeah. She does have one line that sounds uh, eerily similar to something that has probably been said to us by somebody in this community at some point. Well, actually. <laughs> Is that what it sounds like? <laughs> no, not quite. But... It's in that, it's in the ballpark. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dahlia. When I first encountered her, I wasn't sure if she was like a friend or a foe, but Mm -hmm. because she was beating the crap out of me, I assumed she was a foe. (laughs) But I may have been mistaken. She's a, a complicated lady. That's one way to put her. It's true. So, Dahlia, let me ask you, can you tell us a little bit about her past? Hornet is in a unique position where she is technically of royal blood. Her parentage was basically born about a, um, an agreement that the Pale King had with a common bug of the name of the Hera of the Beast, who... I say common bug, but she was the queen of deep nest, which is a nightmare hellhole area that is really dark and everything skitters. And it's super fun the first time around. You'll (laughs) just love it. Like Mm -hmm. you just want a vacation there. (laughs) Basically, when the Pale King was recruiting dreamers to help seal away the eponymous Hollow Knight, or titular, I should say, the titular Hollow Knight, while he was serving as the host for the uh, infection that is beginning to seep out into the rest of Hollow Nest. Mm -hmm. She basically wanted a daughter, and that was sort of her bargaining tool. Mm -hmm. The Pale King did agree to this, and she was born out of that union, and uniquely. Unlike the other vessels, 
you know, like our little Hollow Knight character, she was not born of the void. That is a hot topic. People will argue with it, but she's 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 not. Because void creatures, when you hit them, they always have like dark pixel effects that kind of fall off them, and she does not. Mm-hmm. And unlike the shades, the white lady is not her mother. And the white lady did know about this agreement, and she's fine with it. She's very chill. Yeah, she doesn't seem to care. She doesn't mm-hmm. have anything ill to say about Hornet in any way. Mm-hmm. And this does technically make uh, Hornet and the Knight, you know, our little main character, it does technically make her and them siblings. Yeah. And, well, also the rest of the vessels. So she's got a lot of siblings. That's true. I mean, she's a bug. <laughs> yeah. Sense, I mean, yeah. that's very fair. Dahlia, do you want to know a fun fact? Yes, I do. Okay, so you see, I did my research before this podcast, and I actually mm-hmm. played Hollow Knight. So I know everything you're saying, and everything you're saying makes perfect sense. <laughs> but guess who here didn't do their homework? Is it Richie? Oh, Rich is so confused right now. <laughs> I bought Hollow Knight. I just haven't played it. So when you're like, infection, void siblings pale king rich has no idea okay i'm watching a long play this podcast richie is sin yeah <laughs> do you want me to start chewing loudly into the microphone yes please <laughs> <laughs> delium before we continue i have a question for you sure you said that hornet's mother was a queen Yes, she's the Queen of Deep Nest, which is like, uh, they're not really part of the kingdom that the Pale King kind of, they're like the last holdout where they never really joined the kingdom, but they still had dealings. So her mother is a queen, but not of the kingdom where the game really takes place. It's like a queen of like a little village, basically. Mm-hmm. And her mom didn't have a king? She did, but he, I believe he dies by the time she approaches the Pale King with her bargain. Mm-hmm. They don't explain what Hera's, uh, her mother's motivations was or why she wanted a daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, a child, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, the daughter thing is indeed relevant because Hornet is uniquely gendered. She is regularly referred to as the gendered child because... All the little shades that look like the knight are actually, they don't have a gender. They're just sort of hollow vessels for, mm-hmm. you know, these spirits. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. And so Hera, Hornet's mom, made a deal with the king, Pale King. Yes. And could you tell us what that deal was again? So basically the Pale King is... Recruiting some very powerful bugs to do a very specific job. And I believe Hera approaches the king saying that, like, hey, I can do this thing for you, but we have to bang. Like, (laughs) sorry. Like, that's just got to happen, you know? (laughs) Or I'll just go back to my little pit in the ground and you'll never see me again. I'm making up that last part, but. She did approach the Pale King in regards to this at some point. And the Pale King is like, well, I already have a thousand babies. What's one more? (laughs) Right. Pretty much. The opposite of Bloodborne. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned that the Pale King is gathering up people, dreamers, um, to do a specific job. Yes. And Hera is one of those to be dreamers. Could you elaborate on, like, who the Dreamers are and what their task was? Well, basically, the Dreamers was a group of three bugs. And I won't get super into the other two because... um, We only have six hours to record this, so... Yeah. (laughs) Six hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Without getting uh, too into the lore... The Pale King is trying to, he's got sort of something happening and he needs the power of three powerful bugs, in this case the Dreamers, to help seal it away. And in order to do this, these 
bugs or these dreamers need to, as their name suggests, enter a sort of perpetual, unending slumber to serve as uh, a literal and magical, I guess, uh, seal to basically keep the door locked. You know, the Pale King's trying to lock something up. Mm-hmm. So they are basically the locks on the door. And in turn, they basically sleep forever. And uh, even in game, you only interact with them by entering their dreams. You know, I wonder, why couldn't the Pale King himself become a lock? It likely has to do with the fact that he might not have had the particular power set or the abilities to do so. I don't recall if it's ever really explained specifically what makes someone a dreamer or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if that's anything more than a title of basically powerful pseudo-magical beings, I guess. There's obviously sort of magic in the sense that there's supernatural stuff happening in this game. Bugs don't normally shoot, like, you know, shadowy figures of themselves out of themselves at people. Well, actually... In Australia, they might. Richard? Oh, yeah, probably. I, I showed you that really freaky moth, didn't I, that has the... Oh, my God. Oh, the, my like, God. things yes. crawling out of its back. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, the, like, yeah. Uh, aren't they like pheromone tubes or something? Yeah, yeah, they use it for mating. That is so attractive. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> I mean, didn't even yes. show you the spider nest. This is Richie having his revenge for me calling him out on not doing Hollow Knight homework. <laughs> well played, Richie. Well played. I mean, spiders are kind of relevant to this story because one of the few places we do find them is where Hornet used to call home. It is worth noting that where she comes from, that's where I believe most, if not the only spider enemies show up. Huh, that's interesting. Yes. What kind of bug is Hornet if there's a real world equivalent? Um, let me see. I'm going to try and find lore because that is a very good question. Is she a Hornet? <laughs> I don't really think so because she right. can't. I mean, it's more of like her motif because she has like a yeah. long, like stinger looking needle. She's very agile, so she can, you know give the illusion of being able to uh, fly around because she moves so fast. And she also has a cool little trick with her needle where she can basically throw it at something and then use said yo-yo like attributes to, you know, sort of uh, zip her way like a, you know, like a grappling hook towards it. Mm-hmm. So it lets her dash around. That's very cool. So Dahlia, you mentioned something and it's sort of, made me think of something I didn't think of before. Yes. <laughs> so the Pale King is a worm. Yes, he is. Um, now, worms are basically what you imagine, but in the world of Hollow Knight, they're not immortal, but they are extremely powerful beings, and their mere presence, it inspires others to gather around it, and it sort of gives them a way to elevate themselves above a bug above their um, base instincts uh, because there is sort of a unique thing where not all bugs have the same sentience it would appear in this game some have more than others but a worm appearing basically grants sort of a way to elevate oneself above their basic instincts so rather than just being some sort of animal or bug like in our world they are able to build entire complicated civilizations and cities and things like that so it sort of gives them an awareness Mm -hmm. so in a lot of ways these worms are almost like deific figures because they also have a bit of precognition where they can kind of see the future and at least when they're in their worm form also when they when they do eventually die, they don't cease to exist. Rather, they are reborn as another form. You do find the corpse of the Pale King in an area called, uh, I believe it's called Kingdom's Edge. 
mm-hmm. which is like a very far flung part of like the map. It's like all the way in the top. And like, it's just sort of, it looks like it's snowing, but what really is happening is the giant worm corpse is slowly shedding and turning into something akin to ash. Basically they, the pale King was this worm and then it's worm form died and it gave birth to the form that he takes now. Mm-hmm. So before he was a bug similar to our character with an albeit impressive headpiece, um, <laughs> he was this big giant worm thing that sort of inspired the creation of all of Hollow Nest. Wait a minute, Dahlia? Yes. Are you saying he used to be Solaire? <laughs> um, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> he finally he finally became so grossly incandescent that <laughs> he inspired an entire nation of little critters. <laughs> sure, the universe confirmed. Yes. <laughs> Which, like I said, we'll get to it later, but yeah, it makes sense. It tracks. <laughs> that fits. Thank you, Dahlia. Mm-hmm. So where I was going with that question. Does that mean that Hornet is half worm? It appears that, I believe that worms are, like, if you're a worm, you're kind of just are one because they're such colossal creatures. I think that there is power in the Pale King's blood to a certain degree because of his lineage as being a reborn worm. But I do believe the fact that the worm is dead and it gave birth to his new form he did die as a worm and now he's something more akin to a regular bug now. So there's not like a, I mean, I guess there would be like a genetic lineage there, but I think most of it does come from the fact that she has some Royal blood in her, which in and of itself, I wouldn't necessarily call, I mean, I guess she could be, it's just sort of that weird uh, fact that he's not really a worm anymore. He's got some power to him. Like he's, he was literally able to raise an entire kingdom out of nothing mm-hmm. and is kind of waging war with a, a enigmatic entity enemy that is way too much to get into in this podcast. So we're just going to leave that alone. <laughs> it's basically the moon presence. I mean, you are so <laughs> not wrong about that. Actually, <laughs> it really is. It really do be like that kind of <laughs> You summed that up about as succinctly and neatly as I think is literally possible without getting into a lot of history. Like, there are literally hour-long lore videos trying to, like, summarize this story. (laughs) And I think that is the closest we are going to get in a consumable form. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dahlia. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Richie. I I contributed a lot. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Um, Richie radiates upon us just by being here. Oh, I thought that was my uh, frenzy meter. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Unless. (laughs) So, Dahlia, let me Mm -hmm. ask you something else. Since Hera had to leave at some point after giving birth to Hornet, How much time did Hornet actually get to spend with her mother? It's a little bit vague, but it doesn't appear that she had very much time. I mean, she had enough time to where Hornet has a nail. I probably should have said this earlier, but um, her nail is specifically made for her. And it is worth noting that most bugs would not have the skill to wield it. Giving someone untrained a blade at the end of a zip line is probably not a good idea. She knows her enough to where after you do confront, I say confront, but the dreamers don't actually fight you back. I mean, you basically kill her. Because in order to break the seals, in order to unlock the door, you do have to kill the dreamers. Hmm. Because you do need to get in there eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, she definitely knew her mother to a degree. Like, she was definitely raised by Hera for at least a certain amount of time. Um, The Pale King's plan was uh, very much a long con kind of thing. It was uh, not an immediate thing. Like, everyone kind of had time to prepare. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, like some of the other dreamers did too. And it is worth noting that there was a unique civilization of specific bugs called weavers that, you know, lived around her and stuff. And so Hornet is kind of, she's technically a weaver as well, which I don't really know how best to explain them anyways. So that's about as far as I'll go with that. But it does, <laughs> does tie into a question later. So we'll circle back around to that. But she did know her enough to where, um, you know, after you defeat uh, Hera or you, you know, you kill her, when you come back out of the dream, because you, you know, it's like Bloodborne, you go into dreams and then you pop back out. Hornet is laying there and um, she doesn't harbor any sort of necessarily ill will towards the night. Hornet definitely understands what's happening. Like she actually knows certain things that I think the average bug wouldn't. She's very intelligent. She definitely knows what's going on, whereas a lot of the civilization, they don't know what's going on. In fact, a lot of them are sort of confused because a lot of things just start happening and no one really has any understanding why. Um, But Hornet definitely understands what's happening. So she sort of knows that, like, this was going to happen eventually. But she also knew her mother well enough that she's extremely well-skilled. And she does definitely mourn her. She definitely looks as sullen as a character without any facial expression can look. She's sitting on the ground, and she's definitely got a forlorn look to her. And I do believe, I could be recalling, I'm fairly certain, though, that she does, you know, she does say, like, she doesn't harbor ill will towards our little character because she knew it was happening, but uh, she is very sad about this, you know. Oh, thank you, Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Another thing we know is that Hornet had a midwife. I do want to add one thing, though, that I just realized yeah. while we were on our little break is what? that Hornet's actress, her name is Makoto Koji. So she's likely Japanese uh, because Makoto is a common Japanese name. The fact she's saying Kagari might be intentional as a way for Hornet to be yelling unclean as she attacks enemies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I literally just realized that. Because <laughs> I was like, it really does sound like she's saying that. <laughs> I totally agree with you. When I heard it, I was like, did you just say Kagari? Yeah, it's very clear and it does make sense in the plot. Mm-hmm. And then... As I heard it, I had flashbacks to the bastard's curse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, these things are um, certainly, uh, there's certainly some similar... Uh, similar themes. Yeah, there's some uh, through lines that are very similar. Hi, Richie here. Sin thinks I should explain what the Bastard's Curse means in a little more detail, because it's brought up pretty frequently by both her and the Angry 4chan threads about this channel. The Bastard's Curse was a video about Dark Souls 3 that I made on my older, much worse channel back in 2016. I made it because I didn't want to talk about Dark Souls 3 and thought, I'll just put everything I know in one video and that will cover it and I can get back to talking about Bloodborne. That night, I went to sleep with 8,000 subscribers and woke up with 20,000. The video had been mentioned by Varty and had a quarter of a million views. Hoist by my own petard, I had become the de facto Dark Souls 3 expert and responded by going into hiding for 18 months until Sin got me to come out by promising I could eventually talk about something else. That thing later turned out to be the anime Katekyo Hitman Reborn. We now return to the podcast. Hornet also had a midwife. You find her in Deep Nest, and she is uh, a perpetually hungry, strange bug with a... um, She's got a mask that has a smile on it, and it is rather disarming. Like, it is not a smile you see, and it's like, oh, I'm comforted. It's one of those, oh, you are... You are unsettling, aren't you? <laughs> she has a lot of lore information regarding uh, the Weavers, uh, Hera, and the Deep Nest. And she likely served as the midwife for all of the nests. But with the way things are, her services are likely no longer being utilized. 
but she does have this little tendency to, after giving you a little bit of lore, uh, she gets hungry and her mask splits open and reveals a uh, sort of an angry mouth and she she uh, bites you. Um, she attacks you <laughs> and then she disappears into the wall. And she likely served both as sort of a midwife to Hornet while Hera was preparing to enter her dream state, but also for the weavers in general, which is sort of the group of people that lived in Deep Nest until everything started to go wrong in the kingdom. Thank you. And you know, the midwife, she's giving me spirited away vibes. She does very much look like No Face. (laughs) Yeah. And when I think of No Face, do you know what I have flashbacks to? What? The Bastard's Curse. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (sighs) It always comes back around. Always, always. (laughs) Thank you, Dalia. In four years. Thank you, Richie. (laughs) Seriously, it's been four years. Let me ask you about... Hornet's life. Yes. Who do you think raised Hornet? I think the Weavers in general, and like I said earlier, she obviously had a relationship with her mother, but given her mother was sort of the leader of the Weavers, at least in this in this kingdom, because the Weavers do appear to be a group that extend farther past Hollow Nest, like they aren't localized uniquely there. Um, because I do believe at some point it is stated that some of the weavers left. But, you know, growing up, she was very clearly trained uh, in combat. And she also has a tendency to regularly kind of do battle with people at the outskirts, sort of attempting to keep any invading ne'er-do-wells from entering the kingdom. You know, she's certainly a precocious little ass. <laughs> Let me ask you specifically, where did she grow up? She grew up most likely in Deep Nest, which is a skittering dark hellhole mm-hmm. that, in the absence of the Weavers, has basically kind of been taken over by uh, a lot of spiders and just sort of uh, burrowing creatures and a lot of like parasitic type uh, creatures. Um, this place is sort of like. Uh, the real creepy crawlies of the bug world kind of show up. There's uh, quite a few enemies that literally inhabit the dead body of its host, and it just sort of, its limbs start to sort of uh, burst out of the corpse and stuff like that. And you have these huge, giant, like, uh, burrowing caterpillar-type creatures that are just like giant moths that you can't even fight. Mm-hmm. Not sure quite how their civilization ran, other than the Weavers clearly had a, uh, they had a village in the deepest part of Deep Nest that is sort of, you know, all these uh, structures that are suspended with, you know, silk that are uh, hanging over a giant fall. Mm-hmm. And it's quite uh, pretty. And I sort of, wow, there were a lot of spiders or silk things here at one point, huh? and where she came from was a place that the pale king never really had domain they always wanted to stay independent of hollow nest as a whole so they were kind of on their own and since everything is going wrong in the kingdom and the weavers have absconded it has certainly fallen into a um a state of I don't know if disrepair is the right word, but it's certainly um, not a friendly neighborhood. Is that because they don't have a friendly neighborhood (laughs) Spider-Man? Indeed. (laughs) Thank you. Hornet, how was she raised? Like, what are her values? She certainly um, distrusts outsiders and... I believe her situation with her mother has certainly kind of painted some of her opinions because for the most part, she doesn't want to see her mother's sacrifice go to waste. 
and she distrusts you initially because she just kind of sees you as a, a pale form. How should I put it? Uh, she sees you just kind of as like a blind follower. She doesn't think you're going to change anything. She just thinks you're going to, you know, replace what's already there, you know, and you won't actually do anything to help Hollow Nest. Mm-hmm. And she does want to help Hollow Nest. She wants, she wants things to get better. And certainly in its state, it's not good. Um, she is quite a competent fighter, though. Mm-hmm. Extremely so. And she spends most of her time wandering around. But once you start making your way through the place, she does sort of, you know, she's challenging you and trying to discern your motives. Because she obviously distrusts you because of what you are initially in the very beginning. And she even has like a final challenge uh, before you reach the Howling Cliffs, which is in the Kingdom's Edge, where uh, the corpse of the worm, the worm form of the Pale King is. Because within that is a item called the King's Brand, which will allow your character to reach an area where you can sort of start beginning to do the path, the true ending of the game. Up until that point, you know, she she doesn't have faith that you're going to make things better. And then mm-hmm. when you pursue the king's brand, she decides to align herself with you. And she understands that maybe you do have what it takes to save this kingdom and to stop, you know, everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I kind of asked this before. Who taught Hornet how to fight? Hornet was either likely taught by her mother, Hera, who does have the title The Beast, and uh, likely by the other weavers, who are definitely unique in their abilities. They certainly have allusions to having been involved with part of the Pale King's plan, beyond that of Hera obviously becoming a dreamer. It's never outright stated, but there is implications that they had part in creating the Black Egg, which is basically the giant door that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. There's certainly some unique uh, structures that are left in some of the weaver's webs. Mm-hmm. And the Black Egg is basically the structure that keeps the moon presence like sealed, partially type deal? Yeah, that's basically what's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh! So you said Hera's nickname is the Beast? Yes. Why? It likely comes from the fact that Hera, despite being a queen of Deep Nest, was only a, and I quote, a common beast. And so that's likely where the name came from. And obviously her position of a dreamer certainly um, means that she was powerful to some degree, but... Uh, Her power likely would have only came from her might alone because as far as her birth heritage, she was not anything particularly special. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a derogatory, almost. Oh, I thought it was like, she's the beast, like she can kick your butt, you know? Right. Yeah. And I mean, it might not necessarily be derogatory. I guess it depends on the perception of the term beast, because, you know, maybe that is just sort of her accepted lot in life. Like she is just a common bug. So maybe she's fine with it, but I certainly wouldn't want to be called that for that reason. But I think it is a way of way to give her a distinct title that's sort of related to her origin. Mm -hmm. And you said she's a common bug who became a queen. Yes, she was. Um, I guess married. I don't really know if that would be the correct terminology. I don't know if these bugs get married, but um <laughs> bug wedding. That's so cute. <laughs> oh, bug veils. <laughs> I pronounce you bug and bug. Oh now you may skitter together. <laughs> and she was definitely the queen. I don't know if it was necessarily the weavers or just deep nest. Um, but eventually the king of Deep Nest does die. I guess she's more so the queen of the spider tribe, even though she doesn't particularly look spidery. Uh, yeah. Let me count her legs really quick. How many legs you got, lady? Two plus two is four. Minus one, that's three quick maths. <laughs> I guess she's only got six legs, but 
I mean, I don't actually think the spider enemies have eight legs anyways. Uh, <laughs> but she was the queen of the spider tribe in Deep Nest. And uh, the weavers used to, either they predated it or they were living there at the same time with the spiders that still remain. Mm-hmm. But uh, the king died, and then presumably after his death, once uh, things started going wrong, uh, Hera approached the Pale King with her bargain. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now that we talked about her childhood and how she grew up, I think we can go on to talk about her role when we, as the little knight, encounter her. Yes. So predominantly her role appears to be something of a test of our skills. She is the type of person to where she wants to discern firsthand if we have what it takes to survive and to accomplish what our little bug is trying to do. And she is hesitant and certainly guarded. But as the game goes on, she does go on to become quite affectionate towards the knight as uh, the knight begins to learn its past, its history, its heritage, and its birth. Mm -hmm. She initially is guarding things, trying to sort of prevent our path, and then serves as sort of the final test. You know, she's kind of testing our resolve almost to Mm -hmm. see if we are really going to make things better, you know, because I believe our last fight with her as far as canonically in the main story is before we find the King's brand. And then once our character kind of delves into the depths of the abyss where our character originates from, Hornet does not appear to be surprised by what the knight finds. In fact, she seems to sort of already know And at that point, that's sort of where she lets her guard down and sort of um, begins to care for the night. Mm -hmm. And after that, she presumably goes off to do hot girl shit. (laughs) The next time we see her is during the final boss fight. There's like two of the three endings possible, or well, three base endings. There are other endings, too, where you fight the true boss. When you weaken the said Hollow Knight, which is serving as the vessel for the moon presence, basically. Mm-hmm. Once you finally down him, he seems to power up, and then before he can move, you hear a shout, and then you see her nail go into um, the Hollow Knight's head, and she kind of has it tied up so that way you can use your dream nail to enter its dream world. Mm-hmm. And this is where that line comes in, because what she says sounds eerily familiar to Get good! <laughs> Which, get good. <laughs> yeah, it That's literally amazing. sounds like she's yelling "get good" <laughs> when <laughs> she, she basically is telling you to hit it with the dream nail. Oh, oh my god. god! Yeah, that is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then from then on, you enter its dream state, and then you fight the final boss, and the endings happen. Mm-hmm. And Hornet, in the true ending, she does survive the ordeal. But your character no longer is able to really sort of continue on. So in the true ending, you were able to accomplish what she had hoped. And that was to permanently not just lock away, but eliminate the threat to all of Hollow Nest. Hmm. Whether or not the kingdom will come back has yet to be seen as there is no monarch anymore. And it is in shambles. But regardless... uh, at least you changed fate instead of perpetuating, like in Dark Souls, the same cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm. She basically she doesn't want you to either let in the Age of Dark or perpetuate the Age of Fire. She wants you to take the hollow ending and break free from the cycle entirely. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to see this sealing of the enemy that is causing the infection again only for it to leak out. She wants to put an end to it. She wants to see this ended. She doesn't want this to come creeping back in a century or so. You know, she doesn't Mm -hmm. care how strong Mm -hmm. the prison is. If that thing is still alive, then it's always a threat. And so she wants that threat removed. Basically, that ending is our feelings toward Dark Souls 4. (laughs) 
yeah, pretty much. Thank you. <laughs> and like you mentioned, I guess in a nutshell, what threatens the kingdom is an infection that the moon presence is kind of a source of. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that that was go ahead. Oh. <laughs> that was I didn't really have much to add. I would think I was gonna add something, but I didn't have anything to add. <laughs> okay. And Cornet wasn't infected, right? No, she was not. Um how come? I I have heard theories, and I think a lot of it has to do with it appears in some cases the infection can be you can kind of say no you to the infection. <laughs> And it isn't all bugs. Like, I believe lesser bugs that are more instinctual don't have a choice. But some characters do have a choice to willingly accept the infection. Or there is an entire tribe of mantises. There's a mantis kingdom that is completely unaffected um, because Mm -hmm. they chose not to let the infection in. Mm -hmm. So it does appear to some degree you do have some will over it. But moreover, I think the fact that basically Hornet is half, you know, lineage of the Pale King and has certain traits that are similar to the vessels, she is either likely immune or because of her strong will was able to fight it off and stem it off. Mm -hmm. And even though she's the daughter of the king, she would not make a good vessel to contain the infection because she's not hollow. Exactly. The vessels are sort of, um, they're not just his children. They're also like the Pale King is actively, he actively was experimenting on them with the Void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But likely the fact that she is the lineage of a dreamer and the Pale King, she certainly has the mental fortitude to fight off or otherwise resist the infection. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The Pale King is dead by the time we get to him. Yes. Yes, he is. Does she want to take over his throne or anything like that? I don't believe so. I think that even if the infection hadn't happened, she would only be his, like, half-lineage because the White Lady is not her mother. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dahlia. Mm Mm-hmm. And Hornet is referred to as a hunter? Yes. Well, there is a hunter, and then she kind of is a hunter herself because she does like to wander about and sort of kind of prevent people. I guess it would more so describe her as a sentinel. She definitely has the skill set to be a hunter, and maybe in her youth she was, but she's less so hunting. Well, I guess she's kind of hunting because she's, you know, probably off fighting things. We don't really know exactly what she's doing when we don't see her. Mm-hmm. And could you just elaborate on what a hunter is? But there is a creature we meet fairly early on in the game that is referred to as the hunter. And she gives you basically your compendium that keeps track of all the bugs you kill. Mm -hmm. In this little neat little thing called the hunter's journal. And perhaps she, it is possible that maybe she learned some of how to fight from the hunter so there might be a connection there because if she is a spider that would give the hunter a connection to deep nest Mm -hmm. so you know how when we first fight her in that arena yes there is a dead bug lying around yes is it a vessel Yes, uh, it very much is likely it's a vessel, and it may even be one that she's already killed, because the way she certainly talks to us, she does not find the presence of a vessel as anything special, or as anything other than incompetent, a sort of um, pale attempt at a life form. Uh, And I do believe we get one of our first abilities. I don't remember which one it is. I think it might be the dash Mm -hmm. from the body, but it appears that she has already eliminated at least one uh, vessel who was unworthy or incapable of, you know, mustering the strength to defeat her, let alone the immense task that is 
by their sheer existence been placed upon all vessels yeah because when i saw that i was like oh maybe she didn't kill the little vessel maybe it was an accident but um <laughs> unlikely yeah mm-hmm. thank you dahlia and now i just have a couple of random questions for you <laughs> hit me <laughs> do you have any interesting facts about the game that you know well i do know particularly that there is some backstory for hornet that is not actually in the game it is actually told through a comic which is from the perspective of another character who is related to one of the other dreamers named coral that shows us getting to see hornet actually sort of going to the edges of the kingdom and trying to fight off anyone trying to enter hollow nest and i think that is quite interesting um as far as the game itself i think it is just uh it is a beautiful wonderful game mm-hmm. that has just so many little nooks and crannies and for me i've played some castlevania games but sometimes it's very hard for me to get into metroidvania games which this is very much one that also took some notes from dark souls it is very much a uh, a game that I was just immediately hooked on and just I did not want to put it down. Mm-hmm. And it is quite hard, but it's also a fascinating game. These sad little bugs. Mm. Yeah. And when you first start playing the game, because it's so cute and adorable, you expect, or at least I expected, a happy story? <laughs> I just made a face then. <laughs> <laughs> did you see like just the title screen and the <laughs> the box art it's like no but i mean maybe it's a mafia baby <laughs> oh no oh god <laughs> oh my god wait a minute dahlia dahlia wait a minute dahlia yeah. Yeah. so you know how there's a whole bunch of little bugs in the abyss are they the little babies the little mafia babies Thousands upon thousands of little mafia babies. Maybe the Pale King was trying to create Reborn. I mean, I have heard wilder theories. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He was certainly getting busy enough. <laughs> Thank you, Dahlia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Dahlia. Yes. Let me ask you. Yes. What is Silk Song? Ah, Silk Song. So, when the game originally released, uh, it was a Kickstarter project, and um, they had a bunch of stretch goals, and they hit quite a few of them, including one where it was going to be a Hornet DLC, but Team Cherry was so inspired that it has gone on to become its own official game and a technical sequel. The story very much is wrapped up for the most mm-hmm. part. I mean, we'll see if Silk Song has any plot connections other than it being about Hornet and the Weavers, presumably, because this game has not come out yet. So there's still a lot of speculation and we can only go off what's been announced so far. And I do believe the last announcement was E3 2019. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we had E3, guys? Oh, my God. Actually, E3 2019, that was Elden Ring also. So we've been waiting wow. for them for the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take bets. What comes out first? Silk Song, Elden Ring, or Brave Earth Prologue? Hi, Richie here. Brave Earth Prologue is a game by I Wanna Be The Guy creator Kayan Nasaki, who you may remember from several episodes of this podcast, and is also the person who introduced Sin to Vor. It has been in development for a very long time, hence the comparisons to Elden Ring and Silksong. Unlike Elden Ring, we have actually seen gameplay footage of Brave Earth Prologue, and it looks a bit like Castlevania 3. We now return to the podcast. Which, take your time. We don't need another terrible launch like Cyberpunk, but also like, I want it now. Yeah. (laughs)
which is kind of a similar thing with Silk Song because uh, we've known about Silk Song for a while um, because obviously it was known to be an upcoming DLC originally, and then it became its own thing. So they've been working on it for a while. Mm-hmm. And I know that the community is definitely itching for it to come out. And I certainly am because it's, uh, well, one, I love Hornet and I just wanted to play as her as soon as I saw her because she just looks so cool zipping around with her, you know, zip line weapon and her cool cloak. Seriously, when I started playing that game, I did so much Hollow Knight fan art, just so much. <laughs> but basically, as far as the plot, as far as what we know is that Hornet has either been captured or while traveling to a kingdom called Farloom was captured by. A group of other bugs, which I believe, uh, I want to say their name was something like um, the Congregation or something like that. It was a vaguely churchy name. Mm-hmm. So there's some religious themes in this one, which was kind of touched on in the first game. But for the most part, the only real supernatural stuff that was happening was like the fact that certain bugs could use souls to like do magic, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they could use their soul energy. Which not all bugs have soul energy. Like Hornet does not have the ability to use soul magic, um, which is a unique difference. But I believe it was implied that this Far Loom, given the name is Loom, has something to do with the Weavers, likely. I mean, it's kind of in the name. Yeah. <laughs> While, and this is just from the trailer, so it, who knows if this really has anything to do with the plot, but it does show that. Hornet breaks out from being captured when they are crossing a bridge and something causes her, her silk, her thread to resonate. And it sort of lashes out on its own and breaks her free. And um, in this game, you know, there's going to be a crafting system and things like that because she, unlike, you know, the knight, and like I just said, said a second ago, she doesn't have the ability to use soul. So it appears that her abilities are tied to her um basically her her thread count basically <laughs> she basically will be collecting these sort of like uh, silk looms that allow that kind of affect the distance her nail can go and when she gets hit she loses threads and stuff like that and when she's or i don't know if she loses thread but when she hits other enemies like little strands of like white silk you know silk thread kind of fall off enemies and stuff like that Mm-hmm. And so, my theory, and this is just a theory, a game theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think that perhaps, because we don't technically know if this, I'm pretty sure it's after Hollow Knight, because I don't think there's a point when they talk about her leaving to go do something before Hollow Knight. But it, it'll certainly be interesting, because what I think she is doing is I think she's trying to find the other weavers now. Because there ain't much left for her to do in Hollow Nest, to be fair. And so I think she's probably trying to find basically her people, you know, trying to reconnect with another civilization. Or maybe she was kidnapped and she's unraveling a mystery. We don't know. But if she's at least partially there on her own free will, I think it's because she's trying to find where either the weavers that left went or where the other weavers are in general. And that's about all we know, other than that there's also sort of like a religious cult that's kind of enthralling people now. Instead of a crazy infection, it's Wackos from Waco. That was the second in our series of question mark Hollow Knight podcasts, and it was (laughs) about the character of Hornet, and our guest was Dahlia. Hi! Bye! If people want to find you on social media and such, where should they look? On everything except for Twitter, if I have an account, I'm Dahlia's Dark Side. And then on Twitter, I'm, uh, I believe... We got this. I can, I can check. <laughs> so I have it here. It's yeah. Dark Side Dahlia's. Yeah. That's it. Because in, if you follow me on Twitter, it does just look like Dahlia's Dark Side because that's my display name. But if you actually search at Dahlia's Dark Side, you'll just find my old account I don't use anymore. <laughs> so it's Dark Side Dahlia's is my current Twitter account. On everything else, I'm usually Dahlia's Dark Side if I have an account. Awesome. Nope. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Always, it's always a treat and an honor. Oh. Dahlia, stop flirting. I can't help it. My God. You're all so beautiful. <laughs> 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 <laughs>